Welcome to another episode of Twice Told Tales podcast. Today we're going to talk to Muzammil Makul, uh, who is uh, the first Kashmiri podcaster in English uh, and is the creator and host of Plain Talk, uh, which is his uh, podcast and YouTube. And he also has a YouTube channel. He is also a regular panelist with different TV uh, stations, uh, and he is a commentator on. Uh, geopolitical affairs in India and uh, in the region. So, welcome to our show, Muzammil. Thank you so much, Star, for having me here. It's great to have you. So, can you tell us where you live and tell us more about your activity and what you do and uh, where in Kashmir you live? Um, I'm, I'm from Srinagar, which is a capital of, you know, summer capital of Kashmir. And uh, now I have completed my PhD, and I am right now a you know, senior fellow at Romi Center for Global Peace. You know, I I do organize peace camps. You know, I I train people on peace education, life skills, and I'm associated with a couple of NGOs. You know, one of them is Global Youth Four, and which is a part of Romi Center for Global Peace. And uh, that's it. That is the engagement as of now. No, in, uh, in the past I have been associated with World Bank Policy Group. I have been associated with the United Nations Development Program as well. Great, great. So today we're going to um, talk about uh, different instances of Islamophobia in India. Uh, I, I want to start by asking you about uh, which I, the recent attack, I think it happened uh, about a week ago, on uh, more than a hundred year old uh, madrasa and mosque uh, in India where uh, apparently a mob of 1,000, or is that correct? Uh, a lot of people attacked this madrasa and burned the library and uh -huh. the box. So can you tell us what happened, when this happened, and is this a regular incident uh, in India and in Kashmir? I mean, I mean, uh, in, in, a, in, in a state like Bihar, you know, which was totally, you know, a secular state, you know, things have changed a lot. You know, I was, I was totally shocked, you know, up to the point, you know, I had to read the news uh, twice to see, you know, to, to understand and gulp down that this is happening in a state like Bihar. Because, you know, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people from Bihar goes to other states, you know, they work in other states, especially in Kashmir as well. And they have, Bihar has a very strong bond with Muslims and a Muslim connection from last so, so many decades. But things are changing, things are changing from last so many years. And we have to understand that, you know, constantly a lot of leaders from the ruling party as well as, you know, uh, leaders in power have uh, spoken against Muslims and that is where it has started, you know, that's where it's given base to, you know, things like these, where the mob is, you know, where the mob is getting outside a mosque and attacking Muslims, attacking Muslim families, attacking Muslim houses and, and you know, make sure that, you know, there should be a constant threat around people you know uh, th this is this is this is what is happening as of now and and the this mother says uh, is very old it has its own legacy it has it has its own presence in the area and around in you know, a 4500 books were burned down and uh, there was a lot a lot of you know, collateral damage however in you know, the police have come up with uh, with uh, you know uh, with their uh, statement that you know, they have lost FIR they have lost the first investigation report, 
and they might they may have taken you know few people behind bars and who actually were behind this riot in Bihar. Okay, so there is already an investigation into the case, and that's all like absolutely. the perpetrators have. Okay, so are you hopeful that there will be a just trial and the people who actually perpetrated this will get uh, maybe persecuted? I mean, I mean, it's very tough to you know answer this question, you know, because we know the we know the situation around us, you know. But I would say that you know, I'm very hopeful, you know. Uh, uh, I'm very hopeful about the Indian judiciary system. You know, I know that somewhere, if police is not able to take uh, the regular part and the just part, you know, in in making sure that there should be you know investigation reports, there should be you know arrests. But I'm sure that in the judiciary will take its own course and. I believe in that Indian system, Indian judicial system still. Okay. So do you think uh, among politicians, maybe uh, parliament members or anyone uh, who has more power than ordinary people, do you think the, uh, the, there is a rhetoric that can trigger Islamophobic actions among the uh, people? Or do you think it's, it comes from cultural problems within the society only? I mean, you know, uh, it had changed from last few years. That's what you know I have witnessed. You know, from last four or five years, you know, these things have changed drastically. I mean, people in power, people with different parties, have been, you know, dog whistling against Muslims. You know, <coughs> around India, you know, they have been calling names like Abajan. They have been calling, you know, Muslims have been, you know, uh, called white Talibanis in India. Uh, you know. And, and many other things, many other things, you know, which includes, you know, Uber bodies, you know, which is a terrorist as well. So uh, these things have changed drastically. And uh, people, you know, I could, I have, I could say, you know, the leaders, uh, let me quote, in fact, the people in power, you know, uh, assaulted uh, one leader, you know, of the ruling party, he assaulted a person, you know, whom he thought was Muslim, because he had, he has, he, oh, he wow. actually has, he had beard like Muslim. And uh, there was, there is one Emily, you know, I would not name. But oh, he wasn't Muslim. That, you know, member of, he was not a Muslim, he was a Hindu. Oh, wow. And he was beaten up. He looked like a And uh, the crisis as now. So uh, another, another, another example I would like to go here is uh, a leader of the ruling party, you know, I would not name that person, said that Muslims should set Ablaze. Mm. He said that in you know, the Muslims should be stripped of the voting rights and they should wow. be, uh, you know, treated as second-class citizen. And even the you know Vice HBO, you know, uh, a, a journalist from from even the Vice HBO interviewed a very you know powerful leader uh, of you know ruling party in India. You know, and and she said that you know, there are two hundred plus Muslims. What do you say about them? And then then that leader replied that. Mm. Uh, Wherever there there is thirty percent plus Muslims, you know, there is there is problem. So we should not treat them even second class citizens in India. They should be you know, stripped off from their you know, voting rights and basic rights as well. So these are the problem. Now another example, you know, if I would quote here, a Supreme Court lawyer, you know, who is also a leader in in one of the ruling party in India, said that you know Muslims should be openly murdered, and the and he further mm. said that you know there should be a larger boycott of the Muslim food stalls across India. Uh, I can I can go ahead and with examples, you know, another leader at the Dharam Sansad, 
Dharam Sansad is something which is called the religious parliament, you know, which has recently started in, you know, in India from the last two or three years. You know, a sort of, you know, religious leaders would gather at one place and they call it as Dharam Sansad, which is called religious parliament. And in this parliament, they openly called, you know, war against India, war against, you know, Muslims. And they said that um, if Muslims have to stay in India, they should chant Ram Ram. You know, they should chant, you know, uh, this is the religious but basically, you know, which represents the Hindu, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hindu mm. God. You no, know, uh, so this is what is happening. Right. Or else, uh, Muslims across India should ready to leave for Pakistan. Another leader in one of the election rallies across wow. India said that Hindus who do not vote for me, because he's also a Hindu leader. Hindu, uh, no, leader. Uh, let me quote it again. Another leader in one of the election rallies in India said that Hindus. Who do not vote for me have Muslim blood in their veins. This is what wow. uh, he goes. Wow. So this is not being covered at all in American media. Not at all. I mean, you know, India is one and a half billion population, the second largest population in the entire world, and we don't have to see a couple of episodes, you know, and we don't have to mark down the entire population. You know, there has been unity in the past. There has been brotherhood. In the past, and Muslims have loved, you know, Hindus, Hindus have loved the, you know, minority groups like Sikhs, Parsis, Muslims, you know, and any other minority. But, you know, as I said, things have changed from recent, you know, few years, and it may, you know, change a lot again. At the same time, you know, a lot of, you know, a vast majority of Hindus are also talking about these, you know, violent issues wearing dog whistling, you know, they're calling against these, this, this dog whistling, which is against, you know, which is happening against Muslims. So we have to take that part into, into consideration as well. And if we will see the history of India, you know, there has been a larger brotherhood. And, and there was nothing like Hindu, Muslim, or any other minority, you know, everyone were, were very happy. But then, you know, uh, as I said, you know, when a ruler, you know, when a, when a person is in power and that person represents a, a majority of his constituency and when that person goes into that constituency and talks openly against muslims and says that you know you need to save your next generation that's what the problem is when you when you address a larger when you address a larger you know uh, gathering when you address a larger populace and you talk about you know threats from muslims you talk about you know uh, this and this will happen if you will not talk against Muslims, if you will not stop them now, after two or three years, your children, your next generation will be in trouble. Somehow, you know, it's just a negative paradigm. A paradigm is a paradigm and we cannot stop that. That's what the problem is. A negative paradigm is being set in each and every constituency against Muslims. And that's what is working. That's what is right now working, you know. Uh, any, any, any person, you know, constantly, uh, you know, being told again as Muslims and constantly being brainwashed would one day you know stand up and say yes it's right you know we have to talk about we have to you know, say because you know these are jihadis you know these are Talibanis you know these are ISIS there are so many things you know, you know a person would uh, you know uh, imagine at that time but as I said a wrong paradigm is a wrong paradigm and this wrong paradigm is being set by a lot of leaders in power right now that's what the problem is Right. It doesn't sound like we're getting any of this back information here. Like it may be even being suppressed intentionally by the intelligence and media apparatus here so that 
if something does happen, we can just say, oh, look at those vicious Muslims fighting back, just like they do with Palestine. Like, they don't tell us about all of the, you know, unbelievable theft and and child killing and, you know, just disrespect beating people who are, pr who are praying, uh, like, just horrible disrespect of people and and stealing of property and killing we don't hear about any of that in palestine all we hear about is when the palestinians react and and they react very conservatively in my opinion I, having lived there i can tell you that they're one of the most tolerant uh, peaceful people on earth putting up with what they do so but in the u.s because they shift the media around we only hear about when they when they push back in self-defense and then that's called terrorism so i fear that what may happen in india we haven't heard any of this information in the West about these blatantly racist, horrible statements. And the West is primed to recognize racism now because that's the one of the strategies of control in the West is to use anti-racism as a form of social control. So people here would be primed to see those comments and think, oh, this is atrocious, but we're not hearing those at all. So I fear that what we're being set up here is to hear the reaction of Muslim groups and so that that can be framed as look oh this is what we can expect from islam because of the war on terror narrative has been entrenched in people's minds here so that makes me think do you believe that any external forces are manipulating this do you think there's there are forces from the us or from israel that are are playing a part in in these politics i mean you know uh israel has been a very strategic partner of india and and and, and the the partnership has grown you know wow uh, I think a thousand times more, you know, ever since you know Narendra Modi has won uh, as the PM of India, and that's what the that's what the reality is. Uh, but we also have to understand, you know, as I said, that you know leaders in power are are you know actually you know talking about you know uh, talking going against the Muslims. You know, that's what the problem is, and uh, the a lot of things are happening right now. A lot of things are happening right now, you know, which may which may have you know very uh, you know, very strong repercussions, you know, uh, because the unity is uh, is totally, I think, you know, is gone. And the media is controlled by the oligarchs. You know, the oligarchs are there in India as well, you know, who are supporting the, the ruling party. And, and they are making sure that the entire media, they're actually purchasing the media houses. That's what the problem is right now. Oh. The problem in India is right now that the small, small media houses who are independent, you know, they are, they are either giving, you know, by by some by some door, the front door, back door, any back channel, you know, through any channels, but they are being purchased, and then you know, the entire entire you know uh, scenario is being you know caged. Uh, let's take an example of NDTV, you know, New Delhi Television, you know, which was one of the reputed reputed channel in entire India, you know, was actually uh, purchased by one of the uh, billionaire called Adani, you know. Uh, uh, Hindenburg, you know, released a report on Adani recently. You know, he is one of the closest of, you know, the Prime Minister of India, you know, and I personally call him the oligarch because, you know, he has been supporting the Prime Minister from the day one. In every campaign, and when, even when the Prime Minister was, you know, Chief Minister in the Gujarat. So, uh, that, that is what is happening. Media is entirely controlled and they will, they would engage, uh, people like people were engaged in Colossum in, in, in you know, in Rome back in back in the past days. So they engage people in such uh, uh, non-issues, you know, non-related uh, issues, you know, 
people people get diverted very easily. The real, the real topics of which should be discussed on the news platforms, you know, where panelists should be given independent voices, you know, are being totally cancelled and boycotted. That is what is happening right now with the media as well. So you would not be able to hear any news in in United States or or elsewhere. And as you said, that you know, is there any external power? Uh, I think I think you know when you give free hand to any person, you know when you give free hand when you back up any person, uh, you you somehow feel you know that person somehow feels that you know I have a license to kill any anyone or or anything. So uh, Israel has Israel has been supporting you know. India a lot, and uh, there there are a lot of you know uh, departments and a lot of you know uh, fields where Israel is right now you know helping India. Uh, that is, I think you know that is that is one of the reasons you know this is happening more and more you know these days. So you also sorry, see, because I to, I was I'm really sorry I'm not able to express myself very openly. You know I am sure Sarah would understand. Yeah, we have it totally. Totally, yeah. totally understand. Yeah, we totally really understand. Yeah, you uh, going as far as you can. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so this is uh, also what you feel about the media coverage of uh, the Islamophobic uh, incidents in inside India, because, like uh, this example that we were talking about, this the attack on uh, the 110 year old uh, madrasa and mosque, and all the books burned down. I was googling for that news and there were very few outlets talking about it like and this is like very recent right and uh, it's not about i mean i was very i was really surprised that nobody is actually or very very few uh, news outlets are talking about it but so this is also how you feel that uh, for example u.s media or european media uh, outlets are not actually covering the islamophobic attacks uh, inside india is that how you feel about the things happening there. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, U.S. media is shielding Joe, Joe Biden right now, and and they are they are busy with their you know, uh, you know, with with their other strategic partners. They have the least bothered about uh, Kashmir, the least bothered about you know, um, Muslims uh, in India. Um, somehow, you know, you would see you know once a year you would see you know the religious affairs of the United States talking about you know uh, these things, but that would be only you know. By by chance, you know, once a year, uh, media is uh, controlled. It is it is controlled from every angle in India. You will not see the real stories coming out, and and that is the reason that this is happening more and more. Uh, it is sort of impunity to those people who are doing these crimes on on a daily basis. You know, you give them shield, you give them you know, a sort of you know, a sort of political impunity, a sort of you know, backed. Uh, politicking back to impunity you know, to those people you know who are doing these crimes and they somehow feel that they are the lord in the entire you know field they are they are they are the one who right. control everything and and you know as i said and i quote i quoted you know uh, the examples these are the leaders who are in power i i don't want to name the party which whatsoever party you know, they belong to whatsoever you know political party they are from but they are in power and they represent, you know, a very large mm. majority of people right now. I think if you step back, though, from Indian yes. politics and you look at global politics and you look at the last 30 years of scapegoating, like globally, racial scapegoating on Muslims for political gain, which was started by the Zionist U.S. war on terror, um, 
because they could target some very weak states and then they could elaborate that into Islam and then they could use that as a way of getting Western support for Palestinian ethnic cleansing. Um, I think we have a, a current global like racist problem that certain political political movements with nothing to offer their people will latch on to to gain just racism is a very easy quick solution to political hegemony because obviously can unite one group against another it's very quick it doesn't have good long-term uh viability always comes to a big problem in the end for that group but and we're seeing that with zionists I and mean, we're seeing this increased increased anti-zionism uh, which you know they always use conflate with anti-judaism which is not true but it's or anti-semitism as they call it so it's like there's there's this increasing pressure against them because they're racist and that's that they'll never get out of that problem but what i wanted to propose is a thought experiment about this burning of this mosque is you know that uh that virtual reality thing that was really popular for a while called second life like mm -hmm. i postulate that if there was a synagogue in Second Life that got burned virtually, it was a virtual synagogue, and the books, the virtual books in this virtual synagogue got burned in Second Life, there would be way more news coverage than what actually happened in India, where a mosque and all of its ancient historical texts were just burned alive or burned to ashes uh, in a, a violent racist attack. And that's because we have this bifurcated reality that's been thrown upon the world by the zionist uh zionist media industrial military complex that has way too much power uh than it should and so it leads to this insane disparity of reality that we see where where you can have people's places of worship like in in al-quds right now in jerusalem you see the the mosque being stormed during Ramadan and 400 protesters being like hogtied and beaten, women being beaten, and nobody cares in the West. Really, it's a, you know, the Western media is reporting it as the Palestinians were rioting in the mosque and the Israelis are coming to suppress the Palestinian riot. That's what they're saying. They're saying it's the Palestinians were, the Israeli police were just going in to calm the riot. And, oh, unbelievable. So, I think we have to look at it maybe from this media perspective of uh, there's the, it's not just not being reported, there's an active agenda to convince us that Islam is the enemy. And absolutely, yeah. absolutely, you know, if you will, if, if we will go back to 9-11, it was an unfortunate incident, you know, one of, we, we do feel for the families who lost their lives, you know. I don't even know mother. what happened on that day, to be honest. Like the story they absolutely. gave us. Focused, yes, so. absolutely. Yeah. But you know, if I will go by the media, but then in the post 9/11, you know, Bush wanted to give something to the people. It was an answer, so the easy target for him and the for the people of the United States, so-called patriotic people of the United States of America, had to listen to the answer from the President Bush. You know, that was attack on you know Iraq, and they were already in Afghanistan. You know, by that time, you know, they they were already killing people at that time. No, I somehow you know it, it is it is same thing you know as you said you know, Zions know how to change the narrative as well you know, for example you know 
they attacked the outputs, they attacked the worshippers, then they knew that there would be condemnation from around the world. So a video got you know, viral on each and every social media platform wherein a cat was a cat jumped onto an imam who was, you know, leading the prayer, you know, in an Algerian in a, mosque. In Algeria. So you know, yeah. would see you know, millions and millions and millions of people and it would automatically pop up on each and every social media channel so what was it it was just to change the narrative because they knew that the world will, will world will you know uh condemn you know world will you know condemn you know what is happening uh um in outcodes and they will also make sure that you know, uh there will be a lot of voices saying voices coming out and you know they would be you know uh, talking about it but then they change the narrative social media these days is being controlled, it won't controlled, and it will again be controlled by the science. In, in the same way, finance is being controlled yeah. by them. No, I could go ahead and I could give thousands and thousands of examples, you know, how these people, you know, how people around the world do the trajectory injections, you know, they get the money out, they loan it to the people in you know, our countries, then they get the money back you know, on the interest and then utilize the same money. There are well, that's on finance. That's again a very you know different topic. But um, regarding you know science, you know they have been master in changing the narrative every, everywhere, and they control literally they control each and every media around the world. So that's, yeah, that's what is true. happening right now. You would never see anything. Uh, you know, you would never see any any dear news channel to Muslims. You know, uh, uh, who would show the truth. Except in a few of the independent, you know, journalists, in a few of the independent, you know, media houses, YouTube channels, podcasts, you know, who talk about these incidents, you know, happening around the world, especially mm -hmm. in, in, you know, and in India or in Kashmir. Yeah, that's a good point. Like uh, I saw this video of um, uh, the Algerian Im Imam leading the prayer and the cat jumping, and I was surprised that within. Uh, probably less than a day it was on cnn bbc rt and all social media account and there were cartoons coming out of it and every, and and then there are people and unfortunately among muslims too that uh, if you talk about how islamophobic the narrative in western media is or how the zionists uh, maintain a hegemony on uh, uh, on the news and the media and the world they're going to point out to this one example or a few examples like this and say, you see, they're not Islamophobic. They're portraying us as being like kind to animals. And, but this, this is how it works. This is how they try to uh, pose as professional uh, and kind I of, uh, you know, try impartial. But, but that's not the case. Uh -huh. I mean, it, it, like you said, it was exactly at the same time when Al-Raqsa was being raided and it people totally were being attacked. Changing up the narrative. And that, yeah. Exactly. It's simpler than that, though. It's not it's like just, they they just, like, it, it's like anything they could find to put, that they know people would watch, would subtract from the time that they would be able to cover the other story. So it's like, Absolutely. I think it's just basically those numbers. They're just like, they probably have some people on a news desk somewhere where they're like, please give us some content that isn't related to Alexa that we can play. And that fit the bill. It's a cat video. I mean, obviously the internet is going to eat that up. So yeah, absolutely. Right. And, and every, every media house, you know, even, even the media houses who are anti-Muslims, you know, across the world, you know, posted, exactly. posted that video. 
that's how you know they they actually you know rule the entire media houses you know they posted because they wanted to change the entire narrative of all goods you know what happened there and how worshippers were beaten and you know um how they were you know disturbed you know they were they were stopped from praying actually so that's mm-hmm. that's narrative and and i think the I think the whole scenario revolves around the Muslims, you know, even in even in Israel, you know, whatever government comes into power, they would uh, make sure that, you know, their populace, their entire population would only and only satisfy, you know, when they will uh, go anti-Iran, when they will talk, you know, against Iran, when they will say that, you know, Hezbollah has reached the borders of Golan Heights, you know, they are very near to, you know, occupy us. This is how they set a paradigm in their own, you know, in the minds of their own people. We need to be aware. We need to make sure that you know we will, we will you know get ready, and be prepared again as the Muslims. So Muslims around the world are very easy targets. You know, that's what is happening uh, in in Palestine. That's what's happening. You know, in in Israel, and now and that's what's happening. You know, somewhat somehow that's what's happening here in India as well. You know, if if a party wants to win, because there's majority of seventy nine percent. That's a very huge amount. That's a very huge number. Uh, of you no know, population is Hindu uh, or Hindus right. uh, in India. You know, if if a party wants to lead, they have to, and there is no other way. If they are not performing well, if they have not done well, if they are not honest, if they have not shown any kind of development in their in their time of power, they will the best and the shortcut they will find at last is to go anti-Muslim. That's right. that is yeah. that is what is happening. But you know, I think it's important to recognize that that racist thing like i said it's not a characteristic of india it's not a characteristic it's a characteristic of humans like because we're tribal people we have an ancient you know depending on how you view human history or prehistory like we grew up in you know we didn't have as much technology pre-agricultural times we literally were living in nature as bands of people and in order to survive like that you have to have friends who you can count on and so that becomes your tribe and your clan and that extends out to people you can trust because you're trying to survive against the jungle or whatever and then Uh you know in agricultural times that builds up into uh you know kind of state structures because some people don't have to work because there's a lot of extra food and so then then those tribes become states and then so but our innate thought process politically goes back to tribalism and so the quickest trick with politics is to go back to that like root that core prehistoric like uh proto-political structure which is racism which is does that group look like us do they speak the same language do they have the same religion and if you can trigger people and you know there's not enough cross-cultural communication to break that down because a lot of people I don't know how it works in India, but in the West, definitely, and I think a lot of this plays into Western narratives because the Indian government wants to appeal to Western uh, governments for financing and support. Uh, like, I think here in the West, still there isn't a good understanding between Islam and and Christianity, and it's a shame because there's more similarity between Islam and Christianity than there is between Christianity and Judaism, and. Uh, and it's it's just shocking that people don't realize the brotherhood that they have between Christianity and Islam. And I think Hindu, I think Hindus and Buddhists probably have that similarity because there's a lot of uh, scriptural connection between Hindus and Buddhists. But probably in India, Islam is the 
is the outlier in terms of the the religious uh, community. I mean, Christianity, I guess, and Islam might have a connection, but but Christianity was exploited by the British and and Portuguese, right? So um, so I think you just you're you're finding the one group that is the two groups that are are they don't have cross cultural communication, so they can be exploited against each other and because hindus have most of the political power thanks to the the way the british left it um you you have a natural there's a natural setup for for this kind of violent racism which is uh i'm just surprised that there hasn't been all of the crazy like western interference that they've done in a lot of places where like the adl or these zionist groups will go in and they'll be like oh never again and they'll put in these things because it seems like after 2002 that would be like a prime thing to have usa go in there and teach people how to not be racist but obviously that's, there, there wasn't any of that neo-colonial uh, activity because it's very useful for the west anyway i'll stop talking so i mean you know, yeah that's true that's very important i mean you know india is yeah, a large then. country india is a very large country as i said you know india exports billions and billions of dollars of you know, goods and imports you know billions and billions of dollars every year so again you no know, there is there is a there's a strategic you know uh, alliance india has with west especially with us and and other countries so they have to see, they have to you know see in that way you know what's happening uh, because india exports you know a, a larger part of ammunition from the united states and israel as well Know of whatsoever ammunitions, you know, guns they they you know use right. here in the entire country is being you know um, is you know Israel is the largest you know, supplier of you know arms and ammunition to India, you know, yeah. followed by Russia as well. So that's the reason there there's there is the interest there's vested interest in India. That's the reason other things are being neglected. You know, they are being stoned down. You know, uh, in 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 just mm -hmm. you know of of fear. And and things like these go gone with the wind. You know, they they you never see these things again. And these things are suppressed not only by the media, as I said. You know, they are being you know they are being supported by you know larger lobbies, in nationally as well as internationally. Yeah. Do you think uh, because I remember it was probably um, over a month ago that I was reading about uh, the change of power dynamics and uh, India's in strategic partners. Like shifting from, uh, I mean, gradually, in uh, like there is, a, I mean, India is also shifting gradually more to Russia and China rather than the U.S. and Israel. I mean, there, this is an ongoing process, and I'm sure it takes a long time. But do you think uh, that it's going to actually happen at some point? Uh, India will uh, be more, uh, you know, have a stronger strategic partnership with uh, the Eastern powers than the US and Israel? I think, you know, uh, China is right now trying to, you know, make sure that this could happen because, you know, if you will see, you know, China is facilitating talks in between Iran as well as in Saudi Arabia. But at the same time, you know, China has tried in the past uh, to be a very good strategic partner with India in terms of, you know, India should, you know, align, uh, India should, you know, annihilate. Invest and you know get more uh, you know in touch with you know uh, 
with China and other countries. But I think that's not going to happen with India. India would be more aligned with mm -hmm. uh, Israel and US rather than China because India, as of now, you know, the country claims that a large part of you know, Ladakh, the land in Ladakh has been you know, grabbed by Chinese forces, you know, uh, PLA, as well as, you know, there is uh, a state in the northeastern region of India called Arunachal Pradesh, where a lot of, you know, land, uh, Indian territory has been, you know, grabbed by China and they have built mm. a lot of villages there. They have named those villages in their own Chinese, you know, names and all everything has been done. Mm. So uh, there has been, you know, there has been a lot of clashes in between Indian army and Chinese forces. Mm. Uh, I don't Those think are, so. That's the Tibet Tibetan struggle, right? That you were describing. We just not using the yeah. Uh, Tibet. Uh, close no, to I, Tibet. I, I, no, it is close to Tibet. The entire region is close to Oxai Chin, uh, you know, uh, yeah. and and Tibet and Pakistan, India as well. But uh, I'm right now talking about the part, the land, the territory, Indian territory, literally, which was in the Indian map, which is still in the Indian map has been grabbed by China mm -hmm. in Iraq and has been grabbed by China in Arunachal Pradesh, a state called Arunachal Pradesh, which is a northeastern part of India. So when, when have, did this happen officially? Like when is this happened, land grab last year, last year there was you know in fact there was a very large oh, wow. clash place called Delklam. So oh, I remember um, that, but I didn't know that land was exchanged for that. Really? Wow. It was not exchanged, it was actually grabbed. The territory was grabbed. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. India couldn't do anything, you know. Uh, the prime minister said that. Wow. Uh, the prime minister said that, you know, we are trying to resolve it on our own, and nothing has been grabbed. But then, opposition leaders and opposition party in the in the in the, in the parliament uh, denied, and they said that, you know, the acquisition is hundred percent correct. China has wow. grabbed a lot of land, and 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 I'm talking about hundreds of kilometers, square kilometers. Wow. That's amazing. I didn't I'm know. Not, that. Talking, wow. Yeah, not talking, I didn't know either. About, I talk just about, knew, I'm not yeah, I knew there was discord. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I mean, sorry to interrupt you, but talk about the current political situation where we see China like leading peace talks in the Middle East or whatever, and like basically taking the global reins right out of the hands of the U.S., which mm -hmm. exposing the U.S. as this warmongering state that's just bombing the world, and 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 China's looking like. I mean, if a year ago, you know, they basically stole land. They didn't see it that way, I'm sure, but stole land from India. And India's partner, supposed to be like super big ally, the U.S., couldn't like Israel. prevent that from happening. That shows you that the reins of global power were actually in the Chinese hand way before now. Exactly. That's <laughs> amazing. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. And and at the same time, you know, Indian diplomacy will always surprise you. They will never and they will never accept that you know such any such territory or land or a village or a couple wow. of villages you know, have been you know occupied. I know I would use the term occupied, you know, by China, you know, grabbed by China. They will not, you know, because Indian diplomacy will always surprise, you know, they, they never, they never accept, you know, these things, you know, that's what, you know, uh, is happening. But yes, a lot of articles came, a lot of videos came out, a lot of, you know, evidences came out. Those, those evidences were described in the Indian national parliament and, and the national opposition leaders, you know, all discussed those evidences, you know, what is prime minister doing and why is Prime Minister silent on this land grabbing issue which happened in northeastern states of uh, you know uh, and, and 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 to be quite honest with you it's not only one state in the northeast 
you know, and not if, if if we will see on the map, you know, it covers a couple of other in a couple of few states more than in Arunachal Pradesh, wherein the land has been grabbed. And China has totally, you know, NASA, uh, uh, I think, you know, through NASA, there were a few images, you know, which were released, wherein you know, they show that, you know, China has permanently settled down their bases there. They have not always settled the bases. They have made the proper villages and people have started living there. Chinese people are actually living there. If I drive up from Delhi through Himachal Pradesh, and keep going. Mm -hmm. I'll come to like a China, eventually a Chinese roadblock with Chinese a visa solution that the Chinese yes. people are staffing. That if I was there two years ago, I could kept driving before I hit the Chinese roadblock. Absolutely, Nepal. Really? Wow. Oh, I gotta wow. do that. That is wild. That is right. not reported here at all. Oh man, that would make a great news. I didn't story. know about that either. Wow. I cut that part out so we could like go <laughs> go do that reporting. That's unbelievable. Because that, I, I mean, obviously, the reason they didn't show that in the U.S. media at all, or the Western media at all, because it shows that the U.K. and the West has zero ability to stop China. Like, because exactly. this would have been not accepted at all ten years ago. There would have been like, oh, China, blah blah. Because I don't know if you, I mean, the whole Tibetan thing was cooked up by the CIA to create to mm -hmm. to create this. Uh, whole narrative of China, the ethnic cleanser or whatever, so they could use it against them, just like they're doing with the Uyghurs. And uh, I mean, I'm very sympathetic to Tibetans. I love I love that the Tibetan people and the religion, I, I find them to be a, a wonderful people. But the CIA exploited them for geopolitical reasons in uh, in this in this game. And and the, this is a complete this is a complete like like obliteration of that narrative that China just rolls in, takes the land they want, sets their post down in it, and there's nothing they can do. And nothing like, happens. There, oh, a, yeah, there is, no, there is not even news coverage of that. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. So, I mean, uh, no, we have to, we not only have to be sympathetic about Tibet and the bigger Muslims, we also have to accept the fact that these things are happening in China, in East Turkestan. The re-education camps happen, you know, are, are there. They are, yeah, they're they are re-education, but the idea that it's a that it's like a absolutely like, the motto the motto behind the motto behind the entire you know entire you know game plan is actually to make you know, make sure that people should understand that China is bad and China should you know somehow you know they should not only you know engage into war you know and they should make sure that you know the strategic partners of China should wipe out China. You know. Yeah, you know. I, yeah, but the problem is where where that rhetoric comes from. Yeah, yeah all governments exactly. are terrible, I mean, and they do bad things. But the problem is, they'll lie about those things and make them seem worse than they are. And the Uyghur narrative has been demonstrably shown to be, the, at least the way we're getting it in the West, which I'm sure I, it may be different than how you get it in India. Is like <clears throat> we've been told, like re-education camps aren't just like it's like a it's like an ethnic cleansing. It's like they're going in there and they're destroying people and they're forcibly making them do things. But if you go the the people the independent journalists have gone there <clears throat> have shown that yeah they have these like training camps to train people but they're they're there of their own volition they're there to get jobs and so it's like you know they in some way capitalism destroys every unique culture on earth and turns everyone into a mcdonald's so that's definitely happening happening there the culture is being stripped but whether it's whether it's like kind of nazi-esque 
destruction of a culture because they hate the Uyghur, or it's just they're trying to develop the area, and part of development is just destroying everything good, which is what basically USAID has been doing around the world. Uh, like, it's a, it's a hard call. And most of the propaganda we get in the US comes from one guy who's like a crazy religious Christian fundamentalist who hates China, and it's totally biased. So we've, uh, yeah, we, we're not in a great position in the U.S. to be saying anything about the Uyghurs, basically, is what I'm saying. I the first thing that is important is who is blaming China. Is the U.S. and European uh, Union, uh, like, accusing China of doing those things? Or they're not in, the, in any moral position to do that. The second thing is, uh, like you said, there's so much exaggeration. Just, I look at the case of Iran. Like a lot of the things that are uh, happening inside Iran, I, I don't approve of, and I'm totally against that, but I don't want any government outside or any uh, organizations outside Iran or Iranians to tell me what to do uh, inside my country. I, I have, I mean, we have the ability to decide and if we need help, we know how to ask for help and everything. We don't want them to talk on behalf of us. And, and I see how everything is, so exaggerated online and how the u.s um, like the white house or the european unions are making like they they totally ignore one case of human rights violation or a lot of cases of human rights violations elsewhere but when it comes to iran with two videos that are not even verified then they have uh, a u.n council and they pass a resolution this, this is this hypocrisy and double standards that hurts us. It's not that we believe that China is like holy and they don't do anything bad or anything. No, I mean, we know, we know that China is also, um, like, uh, like you said, I mean, I didn't know about this case, but I knew about the Igors and, um, right now you're saying that they have moved from, I mean, we knew that there was some conflict over territory, but now they have moved on to, grabbing the lands in Kashmir, could you talk about that in Kashmir? because your your land is being claimed by three different groups or maybe four different political movements right now so how does that how do kashmiris view that land grab from china how does that impact the resistance in Kashmir? i mean to be quite honest with you you know post abrogation of article 370 which was basically an autonomy to to people of Kashmir and Article 35A, which, were, which was abrogated on August 5th, 2019. You know, uh, we don't give a damn about anything. We are just, you know, watching whatever is happening around us. We are just, not, uh, we are just you know, still trying to come out of the shock of 2019, the autonomy, which was stripped, because it could have never happened. You know, we, we never dreamt about these things, you know, the, the Article 370 going away from us. Uh, we talk about Uyghur Muslims. We openly speak about Palestine, uh, Palestinian issues. We, we can openly, you know, uh, boycott and uh, speak against Israel, but we cannot talk about anything else. We are not. Yeah, I know okay. uh, there is no such permission to talk about it all. Uh, yeah, you can't talk freely about the resistance, right? Yeah, but how, you uh, could we, maybe talk about how Kashmiri people view this situation around the world like i think the the idea of resistance of indigenous autonomy is something that it 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 doesn't have to be limited to just the people whose ancestors were born in the jungles of the land that or the deserts of the land we're talking about it could be even something as complicated as 
as what's happening in the U.S. right now, where our the current political structure was built on the destruction of an indigenous population here that put up great resistance and has now been broken into living uh, very um, desperate lives in very unproductive land, uh, and that that's one resistance that's still there in some in some way but it it was definitely broken but the people the actual settler colonial state itself is now the victim of an, an a new kind of colonialism that's starting to become very clear <clears throat> this kind of oligarchical globalist uh to use a, a phrase uh like force that is now obviously destroying the culture with various culture wars now and social issues that are absolutely insane and economic issues. I mean, they're going to destroy the U.S. dollar within the next year. It looks like it's going to be serious c catastrophe. Um, so all of those forces, it's it's not only generated in the U.S., it's a, it's a capitalist structure that is that's colonizing the U.S. and the U.S. is going to, in some way, the you know Trump campaign <clears throat> is an example of a resistance against. Uh, it may, it's it's not well thought out, but it's a, it's a reactionary resistance against this kind of colonial colonialization of of the world. It's an extra political force that we're dealing with, and so I think coming from a place like Kashmir, where you've dealt or Palestine or any place that's dealt directly with colonizers, uh, there may be an interesting interpretation for the events we're seeing around the world where we're seeing resistance coming up, like especially in the Middle East, we're looking at Iran. I mean, that's what our podcast focuses on is Iran issues. And Iran is the key player in resistance to especially the British American Zionist uh, empire or remnants of the empire in in the Middle East so I can I can say that and as I said that post segregation of article 370 and 35a the Kashmiris are still trying to grasp what is happening on the ground a lot of changes have happened a lot of laws have changed you know there was reorganization act you know which came into place there were a lot of you know things you know which have changed you know a lot of new I would, I would, I would also you know vouch on this thing. You know, when I say a lot of development has been taken place, uh, taken in, uh, taken place as well. But uh, the only threat Kashmiris right now have is the land. They want that their land should be secure. They don't want that you know any outsider from outside Kashmir you know should be able to you know purchase the land. That's what the development people right now is. You know they want a land rights act from the current government into power, which is the Nabarvi Agenda Party, BJP, headed by the Prime Minister Narendra Modi. Uh, they you know, people of Kashmir want to safeguard of their you know, land rights so that you know, they will feel secure that you know, because there is very less land available you know, as compared to other states of uh, other states of you know, India. And uh, um, that's it. That's that's what you know. I can technically you know this. This is how I can technically answer this question as well. Do you do you Thank think you. that 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 the the future of Kashmir seems like it will be a stable one, or do you think do you envision that it may be going? It may be 
maybe not as stable I mean, as it appears. I mean, you know, India has you know been successful in destabilizing, you know, Pakistan. That's that's for the sure. No, but at the same time, you know, India has built new relations with Taliban, Islamic, you know, Emirates of Afghanistan. You know, they have built new relations with them. Now, that's how you know. I, I, you know, as a person of you know international relations, I only the the only threat you know I could see wherein you no know, uh, militant groups you know would come across the border and come into you know Indian Indian side was the you know Afghanistan side. But then you know the Indian diplomacy has managed it very very well to build a very strong relation with the current Taliban government, and because you know they are not only exchanging. Um, a lot of programs. India is helping uh, Afghanistan in various uh, ways, especially when it comes to food security. Uh, that's that's what is you know. And um, what will happen in future? I I I have no idea as of now because you know uh, all I can I, all I wish is the stability of this region and stability of you know entire India. I want uh, you know I have been a peace lover all my life and I I want. To see this generation and the next generation should see a peaceful transition. That's that's what yeah, I hopefully. wish. Hopefully yeah, well, we we also hope that there will be more stability in India and more uh, gestures of brotherhood between Hindus and Sikhs and Muslims and uh, yeah. So we will see more peace and less of such uh, incidents inside Kashmir. So uh, before we finish, I have this Kashmiri boat here. Okay. This oh. is called Shikara. Oh, this is called Shikara. What do you call me? Yeah. Oh, this is called Shikara. Oh, Shikara. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is from a Kashmiri friend. Yes. This is made uh, from walnut wood and polished outside. Walnut wood. Yeah. Yeah. So they make they make the whole boats out of walnut wood. The whole yes. boat. Yes. Wow. Uh, this is yes. Shikara, and, and there is one more called Houseboat. Wow, that's oh. that is hard to that is hard to that's hard wood. That would that's a real craftsmanship to carve walnut. Yeah. yeah, they have a lot of great uh, woodwork and wood arts there, right? And you oh, have absolutely. a lot of a lot of culture yeah. has you know come from uh, Iran, um, Turkey, and these these are the two countries you know we have uh, entire Kashmir has been influenced from. Oh, in fact, ninety-five. In fact, ninety-five percent of our culture, you know, matches with these two countries. Oh, ninety-five percent. That's amazing. Absolutely. Well, I think it's time to go to to Kashmir. Then we gotta do a podcast. <laughs> from Hopefully, we can figure out. Yeah. Travel. <laughs> yeah. You, both you both are welcome anytime. Uh, Thank you so much. Visa is very available, Chris. You know, it's it's available very easily. So back in two thousand, you know, when you wanted to travel here, there were no uh, restrictions on the on the international COVID uh, or international tourists. No, back in two thousand, you wanted to visit Kashmir. Yeah, exactly. Visit. I wanted to go there, but it was it was uh, much more difficult for international to go there. Two thousand, you know, it was totally uh, a, a war-like situation because you know there was literally war going in between you know, uh, India and Pakistan in a place called Kargil. Which is very yeah. close to Ladakh, so uh, international tourists were banned. Only few reporters were, you know, given access, and those reporters who were there to, you know, India were given, you know, access at that time. So right now, uh, right now, you know, visas are very available. You know, a lot of people are traveling very, very frequently and very easily. So 
please do visit us and you would love to you know meet a lot of people both of you is it easy for iranians That's to travel great. to india Iranians can travel anytime, and it, it's like you know they just apply. And I, I'm not sure whether they have the visa on arrival here. But, uh, that if I have to travel to Iran, I will get my visa in you know, in literally in 30 to 40 minutes. That's how easy it is. Yeah, it's very wow. easy for him. Yes, I think I think we need to apply for a visa uh, in advance, but it's pretty easy to get it. It's very uh, easy. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. It was a great conversation and I learned a lot. And thanks everyone for uh, watching another episode of Twice Told Tales podcast. Don't forget to support us and join our Patreon community and share this video. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel and activate the notifications. See you thank next you so time. Thank you.